Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Ben Sill here, back in the crease for a second day, coming to you live once again from the sunny south of France. Of course, it's bright and early here, but plenty has happened overnight with the All Blacks naming a stack side to take on Italy in almost 48 hours' time now. There will be plenty of All Blacks chat throughout the show, of course, as you'd expect, but as well as that, we're going to have a bit of an update from the news around the competition. Of course, our breakout performance brought to you by Breakout River Meat. And lucky enough to be joined by Bryn Hall as well, live from Japan, to talk some Japanese rugby ahead of that game against Samoa tomorrow morning. And also get his thoughts on the tournament and how it has unfolded so far. As always, we'd love to hear from you too. So feel free to give us a call on 0800 150 8 11 or text through at any time to double eight double three. We've got Brad back in the producer's seat today, so if any texts catch his attention, maybe he'll read them out. But how are you, mate? How are things back in New Zealand? Uh, certainly, it's uh, very good, very cool to be uh, doing a radio show with you, my friends, uh, and um, doing a great job too, by the way, mate. Great to have you on board. Um, going well, mate. Going well. Really excited by the 23 that Fozzie's named, I think. We're maybe a Leicester flying a Nuku and an Ethan Blackadder away from the 23 that I want to see uh, at the crunch time of this tournament, but I think he's getting there, and DMAC on the bench is a must for me, Surly. Yeah, that was a really exciting inclusion for me, and I'm really interested to see how Ian Foster uses him off the bench. Obviously, we've already got two tens in that starting lineup, so maybe a bit of a backline shuffle, and will we see Will Jordan playing the 15 role? Of course, there's plenty to cover, and there'll be lots of All Blacks chat later on in the show but for now let's kick things off and jump into the news and unfortunately it wasn't to be for Namibia last night who will leave the 2023 Rugby World Cup still searching for their first win in 26 World Cup games as they went down to Uruguay 36 points to 26 and a high scoring shootout there in Leon. here's some highlights of the game. With the throw for Uruguay whose lineout's been excellent and that's a big set move the ball's gone over the top to Villa Seca and already on for that injection, Namibia. And now a little bit of room and some hands. Great hands from Richard Hardwick. Down the outside, JC Kralik in the corner for Namibia's second try. The veteran winger scores in a third World Cup. Namibia having to defend their own line with a seven-man scrum that is holding pretty well for now. And now Uruguay try and get away on. Eventually, Dios has to come away, Arata. Quick hands, Echeverri for Amaja up in the line, diving for the line. Baltazar Amaja flies through for his second try of the match. Oh, ripped away by Berger, lands kindly though for Deus. He tries to offload in traffic and it's still play on, says the referee. Arata swerving and weaving his way to the line, step, step, the little half that's got it on a string. Another advantage. A little bit of ball playing, open territory, got to be space, there's no winger out there for Namibia. It sits up in the hands, the bounce is perfect. The Uruguay side of 2023 
joins the 99 team, the 2003 team, and the 2019 side with a win at Rugby World Cup. The heartbreak for Namibia, they actually led going into oranges, as you probably just heard, but then four cards in the second half really did turn the tides on this game. And Uruguay come away with the win. Samoa, they have a big game tomorrow morning, and unfortunately they'll be without a couple of their former All Blacks for their do-or-die pool game against Japan. Assistant coach Andrew Goodman spoke to media overnight ahead of this big game. Hello, this is um, Tioshi from the RNS. So uh, last week, I think we've seen a Samoa side that used uh, more ball in hands attacking from um, off counterattacks. Counter and Japan talked about um, how they're going to be using more kicks in these games. But would that change the way how Samoa plays? Would you guys be playing more focused on uh, your physicality? Or would that uh, change the way how you guys approach this game against Japan? Uh, physicality is always a big part of our, our game. It's part of the Samoan DNA. So we're not going to go away from what people um, expect around our DNA and what we expect around each other around being physical in a game. Um, so counter-attack, yeah, we've seen across all games there's been a number of kicks um, in the games and it's something you've got to be really good at um, decision-making around when to stay in the kick battle or when to hold the ball and put pressure on opposition with our running game. So uh, it's going to be a massive part of the game for both teams tomorrow and a, and a crucial part is that uh, kick-counter battle. So... Um, we've got a good plan around it. Now it's just about going and executing that plan. Yeah, Rich Freeman from Kyoto News. Andrew, all test matches are obviously important, um, but this one has been dubbed the sort of do-or-die game given the context of the group. Is that how you are approaching this game? Yeah, it's exciting how uh, wide open the pool is with all the results um, that have gone the way in the first couple of weeks. Uh, do-or-die is not really some terminology we've used. We've talked about... Um, a performance that we can be proud of coming off um, Argentinian game where we felt some aspects of the game were really good, the effort uh, and care in our defence, but execution on the other side of the ball was something we were um, looking to improve on. So we've talked about those areas this week and how we're going to um, be proud of a performance we put out against Japan this week. Well, first of all, so it's a, a completely different squad and coaching group from four years ago, yeah, so... Obviously, um, we've looked at the historical fixtures between uh, Japan and Samoa and what's going to be really important tomorrow. So, um, and, and as you talked about the fixture earlier in the year, we're really aware that um, that game was altered because of the red card. Um, and that's going to be a big one in the game tomorrow, the discipline from uh, both sides. You know, it's been a big factor in the World Cup game so far. So uh, managing that part of the game and being really disciplined to keep a Japanese team um, very well coached, especially on the attack side of the ball by Tony Brown. We've got to limit their opportunities uh, inside our half. So we'll be looking um, to make sure we're really clean with our, all of our play. We're, we're aware of a number of uh, key players that they have. Um, if you look at the impact a guy like Jimeno's had on the games, both sides of the ball, um, Michael Leach, um, big, big players for the, the spirit of Japan and how they go in games. So we're really aware of not just those two, but players right across the field have got really good x-factor in their back three um, and some power forwards as well that we're going to have to make sure we get up and win collisions against so to answer Crunch said no not this one player there's a number of players we've uh, we've done good homework on and we're um, across the board we're really aware of their strengths as players and how we can try and limit those impacts they have on the game and finally, ex-All Black Vice Cedars tournament. Unfortunately, it's come to a premature end after it's handed a four-game suspension due to a dangerous charge into a mall. 
against Scotland. The yellow was then upgraded to a red card, resulting in a ban. He'll miss the two remaining Tongan games, plus two games for his club side at Scarlets as well. So an unfortunate end to the tournament for the talented loose forward. And that could prove to be a big blow for Tonga as well. But that's the news from around the ground. And luckily, joining us live now from Japan, and I believe he is, in fact, on his daily commute to training, ex-Moldy All Black, Crusader, North Harbour, and arguably, most importantly, North Coast Premier halfback, Bryn Hall. Bryn mate, firstly, cheers for jumping on. How's pre-season treating you? I understand the Japanese, they're not shy of a bit of fitness. So how's the rig holding up? G'day, Surly, mate. No, thanks for having me on. Um, oh, mate, she's about 33, 34 degrees over here at the moment, and um, two-a-day training, so, um, yeah, she's been pretty pretty tough, but heading off to Hawaii in about four days, so um, something to look forward to. Oh, mate, she's not all bad, eh? Get get the rig out. Surely with those Ks you're covering at the moment, the old six-pack's looking pretty sharp. You always pride yourself on being in pretty good nick. Oh, man, I don't know about that. I think uh, my partner will be doing that with the old bikini. I think I'll be um, a little bit different in that sense. But we'll definitely get on a boogie board and um, hopefully get some waves in in Hawaii. So, now looking forward to it. Yeah, good stuff. And obviously, you're playing over in Japan at the moment. So, I thought you'd be a great man to have a chat with to kind of gauge the interest levels in the competition over there at the moment. Obviously, they were the hosts in 2019 and they pulled off that pretty historic win against the Springboks. The results so far have been a little mixed, but what's the general feeling like heading into this game in Samoa, and have Japan been swept up by World Cup fever? Yeah, I think it has, mate. I think, you know, since last time in 2019, there's been a bit of a buzz post that World Cup, and, you know, a lot of our players are very interested in watching it, and, um, you know, it's just a little bit unfortunate, I think, pre-World Cup coming in, they were a little bit underdone and um, didn't have the form of confidence, I guess, they were hoping, Jamie, Jamie, Joseph and co were hoping for, but, um, you know, what they have do, been on that side of the pool, I'm not hate to say that it's the easier side, but it is the easier side compared to the New Zealand pool. Uh, they still have an opportunity in that quarterfinal stage, and so you know both teams saw more as well. I think they'll be a little bit disappointed with their performances, and you've probably got two teams that are that are vying for that quarterfinal stage and, and need to get to need to get to a win on the weekend. Yeah, for sure. And both have quite contrasting styles as well. When you think of Samoa, you think big, physical, whereas Japan, they like to move the ball quickly and, and play a bit of razzle-dazzle. Is that how you see this Japanese side being able to get the win, or do you think Samoa will just be too big and strong for them? Um, I think the challenge for the Japanese players is they love playing a fast tempo, and um, you know it's their strength. And they, they definitely have that in the Japanese top league over here. It's been able to have the ball and play and play in that quick tempo, especially with their halfbacks, but I guess the Achilles heel for them is, um, you know, they haven't been really been able to sustain that pressure for long periods of time, and you know they get into a good position and um, they build that pressure, and then unfortunately, for whatever reason, this year, um, test matches before the World Cup and even World Cups now, they haven't been able to get that right. So I presume that's probably what's going to be talked about in their environment. And then I think the Samoan group, um, it's probably, you know, we're bitterly disappointed with that result on the weekend and how they played, and I think the physicality side, especially in the set piece, will be. We're pretty formidable. You know, they've obviously got guys like Jordan Telfour, um, Stephen Lawtour, Chris Vui, those kind of calibre of players in that environment. And I know they'll, in that environment with Andrew Goodman being in that coaching staff along with Tana Umanga, they'll be wanted to impose their will, especially around that breakdown area and, and kind of beating up that Japanese forward pack and their outside backs as well. Yeah, for sure. You're a keen rugby watcher, mate, and there's been some quality games so far. I'm thinking you're All Blacks, France, Ireland, South Africa, a couple others in the mix as well. What teams have really stood out to you so far, and who's impressed you the most now that we're a couple weeks in? 
Oh, it's hard to go past Ireland, isn't it? I think, um, considering the way that they've played and you look at that game on against South Africa you know, a week ago, arguably it's been talked about as one of the best pool matches in in World Cup history. And you know, I think for them having that you know, that favourite tags, Benny, it's been um, it's been interesting for them. And I think you know, considering what kind of pressure they're on, being the world number one team and going through that kind of process um, this World Cup, um, you know, they're looking pretty good. And I'd, I'd have to say France as well, but. I think with Anton Dupont, I said in our podcast earlier in the week that you know if he doesn't play, I don't think they get out of that quarterfinal stage against the a South African side that I was pretty impressed with when they played Ireland. You know, if they have a goal kicker, if they had Ben Seal kicking the goals like he did with North Coast Prems in a semi-final <laughs> win, um, you know, we, they probably get the results. So, um, be interesting to see how Andre Pollard goes against Tonga this weekend. You know, I, I wouldn't say South Africa isn't too far away, and obviously New Zealand with Italy um, coming this weekend. Hopefully, they put in a good performance and move forward as well. Yeah, just on that All Blacks game, do you see this kind of as a chance for the All Blacks to make a real statement? It looks like Fozzie's named a pretty strong 23, almost the strongest we can. Is this our chance to kind of show the world that we're still here and, and we're willing to go with those Ireland, South Africa, France, those big dog teams at the moment? Yeah, definitely. I think they, you know, having that week off and, um, you know, from all accounts, it was a pretty hard and testy um, camp where they were. And I think... The improvements that they wanted to have from that French game um, is, is pretty important. And I think, you know, the forward pick, especially, I think, you know, Jason Ryan and knowing him and the kind of message, messages that he's been sending out to that all-black forward pick, you know, they need to step up. And so, you know, when Jason Ryan, you know, talks like that and along with that forwards coaching group, um, you'd be looking for a pretty formidable, I guess, relentless breakdown work from our from our big boys 1-8. to eight. So um, you're looking forward to it. And then, I think our backs, you know, being able to play on top of that will be pretty important. And obviously, if we've, we've selected three tens, which is which is very interesting, um, with Damien McKenzie, brings something different off the bench. But you know, there was one area that I thought was a little bit interesting with this selection, having three tens um, in that kind of 23-man squad. Yeah, how do you see them using Damien? Because there's multiple uh, possibilities there. Obviously, there's been a lot of chat around people wanting to see Will Jordan spend a bit of time at 15 as well. Do you think? Damien maybe comes in at 10 and they shift Will there. How do you see D-Max inclusion playing out in this game? It's really interesting. I think, you know, considering cohesion and, I guess, for Richie, I think it's important that moving forward now, uh, whether that be Italy and he plays that last game against uh, Namibia, I think it's pretty important for him to stay in that 10 position and really have some confidence going into that quarterfinal stage, knowing that it's probably going to be Ireland. So I think it might just be a swap for Bowden Barrett. Now, the last game that they did play, Bowden came off with, you know, 20 minutes to go. And so Damien McKenzie's probably seen as that fullback cover, I think. And, you know, being able to inject himself late in games, let's say 20 minutes, for example, from that fullback position will be pretty important. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess that's where I see Damo coming. And you've obviously, uh, obviously got Anton Leonard Brown, who covers that 12 13 um, position. And I think that, you know, it's pretty smart considering that, you know, we've got Geordie Barrett and uh, Rico Yuan in that second five centre. Another name I was excited to see on the bench is Cam Roygaard. And, of course, being a world-class nine yourself, I'm keen to pick your brain on him. He's been a real bolter this year, and it's crazy to think maybe if one TJ Pitanata wasn't injured, we might not have seen a lot of him for the Hurricanes this year. What's impressed you the most about Cam Roygaard's game and just how far he appears to have come in such a short space of time? Mate, to be honest, like um, I've just been impressed with his ability to, to step up to international rugby. And, you know, a lot of lot of young guys and you have to think in that kind of environment would, would shy away from what got them there to the big dance. And, you know, you look at Cam Roygaard and to come back to your point around TJ Pettinata not being there, I think, 
you know, if TJ doesn't get injured, I don't think we're really talking about Cam Roygarden. And it's no disrespect to Cam. It just shows that, you know, TJ's been there for a decade and, you know, hadn't, give, hadn't given guys opportunities. You look at Jamison Gibson-Park, didn't really get a chance because TJ wasn't injured. But to Cam's credit, he was able to um, play really well for the Hurricanes. And I've been really impressed with his ability at the international stage. Like I said, you look at that South African game when he came on, um, he was the best performing player, I think, out of the 23 in that performance. And then to back it up against, far be a tier two nation, um, still to be able to score tries, influence the game like he did at the Hurricanes. I think he's pretty um, he's pretty deserving of having that, that 21 spot. And I think it's great for New Zealand and the All Blacks to come on in that last 20 minutes if we need something, showing that he's had that confidence in the previous two test matches he's been a part of. 100%. And lastly, before I let you go, mate, so much of the talk this week from the All Blacks camp has been about Italy and the quickness of their ruck speed, how they like to recycle the ball, and they're doing it quicker than any other team in the competition at the moment. Being a nine yourself, that's obviously always the dream scenario, but I'm sure you also have some great insight and knowledge onto how the All Blacks can look to slow that down. So what do you think the keys are to kind of slow down that Italian ruck speed? Oh, I think the collision here is, is pretty crucial. And, you know, it's just not the, the person, one person tackling. I think it's important, a double man um, scenario. Look, you obviously want to go below the ball and chopping first to get towards the legs. But then, you know, the body up top, whoever's coming up over the top has been able to be in a dominant position and moving forward. And so, yeah, Italy have got the, the fastest quick ball. And I look at their Six Nations, their ability to be able to have the ball on with good go for ball. Um, it's really hard for teams to be able to stop it. So I can imagine there's been a lot of breakdown work in, like I said, that, that one to eight forward pack for the All Blacks will be one to slow down that ball, whether that be um, the efficiency of the tackle, the two combo tackle of someone going low and someone up top. But then I think also the ability to be able to jackal the ball and Dalton Papali selected at seven is a very good trait that he has. And alongside Adi Severe, um, have the ability to be able to do that. So, yeah, I look, for, I look, I probably look to see the All Blacks slow down that ball and we're probably not going to see the fastest quick ball that um, the Italians have been accustomed to in this World Cup and, and this year. Well, great to chat to you, mate. Appreciate you jumping on. I understand you've got a team meeting coming up shortly and being a halfback and a vocal one yourself, no doubt you've got plenty to say in that meeting as well. So I'll let you go, mate, but enjoy Hawaii and we'll talk soon. Sounds good, brother. Arigatou gozaimasu. Oh, a bit of Japanese there to sign off. A classy touch from Bryn Hall. Always enjoy chatting to him. And of course, you can hear more from him on the Aotearoa Rugby podcast most weeks as well. But Time to pay some bills, tick some boxes, so we'll roll into an air break. And after that, we'll be back with your breakout performance. That's right, you're listening to Rugby World Cup today. I'm Ben Searle, Daniel McCarty, of course. He's covering for Ian Smith on the morning show. So Searle in the hot seat, ready to run you through another episode. And now it's time for your breakout river meat, breakout performance, 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Cowra in New South Wales. And the player to watch that I've picked out for tomorrow's big game, Samoa, against Japan, is Jonathan Tamatini. Now, a lot of you might have seen a fair bit of him. He, of course, is the halfback for Moana Pacifica and for Samoa. So chances are, Kiwi footy fans, you're already quite familiar. If you haven't seen a lot of the way he plays, he's a live wire nine who also brings a lot of energy to the game. 
Boy, does he have a haircut to match it as well. He's got a beautiful blonde peroxide dyed mullet, which really does suit his style of play. He likes to bring the fizz and he's hard to miss. So he's definitely one to watch. Has a strong kicking game, great distribution. He's a pretty deadly ball runner as well. And he is the man tasked with the job of guiding this physical Samoan forward pack around the ground. I think he's going to be crucial for Samoa's chances in picking up the win tomorrow. So keep an eye out for him. He's a strong footballer. You'll probably hear him barking through your TV screens as well. Always a joy to watch. So that is your breakout performance for today. Jonathan Talmatini. Make sure you're watching him tomorrow. He's always an excitement machine. And that is brought to you by Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Kaura and found at your local independent butcher. And Brad, I don't know about you, mate, but any time I hear that meat is coming from a place <laughs> with cow in the name, straight away, you know it's got to be good, right? Uh, 100% surly. Uh, I mean, being a massive meat eater as myself, which a lot of people can tell when they look at me, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan, big <laughs> fan of Breakout River Meats. Uh, absolutely. Hey, so great hearing from Bryn Hall. Uh, absolute champion bloke. Um, obviously has a career in broadcasting post uh, his rugby playing career. Great podcast with Ross Carlin and Jimmy Parsons. Uh, but I, I gather from that you guys used to be teammates. Yeah, we did. I was lucky enough to have him as my halfback for a couple of years there. And then unfortunately, once I got injured, he moved into the 10 jersey. And it got a little awkward when I came back from injury because, you know, we're good mates. And he shafted me. So I had to come off the Remu and I haven't been able to get off the bench since. So, you know, it's a love-hate relationship with old Brunner. I kind of blame him for the for the downfall of my club rugby career, to be honest. How did that short little fella go at, at, at 10? Like, I imagine his kicking game was all right, but, you know, just he seems like a natural halfback. Yeah, he is a natural halfback. Jeez, he's one of those guys you can stand about 15 to 20 metres away from him and his pass is so crisp, but he, he's got a strong voice, as you probably hear quite mm. often when you used to watch Crusaders games, so he always had plenty of feedback for the forwards. Uh, yeah, he's a quality footballer, probably... One of those guys who just missed out on all-black selection due to the quality of halfbacks yeah. in front of him. I think he was pretty unlucky, right? Yeah, and um, part of that uh, great Crusaders team. Hey, a text coming in from Henry Surly. This is for you. Great to hear your voice on the radio, Ben. Uh, who wins tomorrow's match between Samoa and Japan? I asked Beave that today, and he thinks that despite the fact Japan's been a little bit more uh, impressive, that um, size matters in these sort of games, and he thinks Samoa might be a bit too physical for the Japanese. Yeah, I think Samoa will get the win too. It's been hard for Japan. I feel like the exit of the Sunwolves from Super Rugby has really hurt them in this World Cup cycle. And I just feel like Samoa perhaps have a bit more depth and a bit more talent. They are missing guys like Yalima Sopawanga, Charlie Farmawina, but I still expect them to be too good. But I don't know about you, Brad. I think it's going to be a really exciting and high-scoring game. And I think there's going to be plenty of points, which makes it a fun watch for mutual fans. Yeah, and finally, outside of um, All Blacks Italy, probably the game of the round, really. Uh, there's a couple of, I mean, Tonga are playing this weekend as well, uh, which should be an interesting game. But yeah, for me, it's it's the game of the round um, outside of the Italy and Namibian game. Yeah, definitely. It should be must-watch stuff, so make sure you tune in if you like entertaining football because both of these sides are still in with a sniff of pushing towards those quarterfinals. They're hot on Argentina's heels, so any slip-up from the Pumas and either of these sides could come in, so lots to play for there. We're fast approaching 6.30. In fact, I think it is gone that now, so let's jump to Johnny Mac now with the news.
Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Good to see producer Brad binging the energy up a bit there with a nice tune. And it's only right too with the All Blacks and Italy sides being named ahead of this massive game on Saturday morning New Zealand time. Heading to this game myself, so I'm incredibly excited. And Brad, you were mentioning off air, mate, it seems like a whole bunch of All Blacks fans are just arriving into Leon now, so expecting the atmosphere to be pretty good. Yeah, a certain former All Black uh, who was famous for kicking a goal once, uh, he arrived into Leon yesterday. Uh, I believe Kirsty Stanway is, is there already. And yeah, a whole bunch of the All Blacks tours peeps are sort of starting their All Black vent- adventure, Rugby World Cup adventure this weekend, and then they'll hopefully be in it for the next, uh, what, certainly four weeks as we uh, continue this quest to uh, be the first team to win four World Cups. Yeah, it's exciting times and it's great to hear that the Kiwis are arriving in numbers now because that All Blacks France game, fair to say, I felt fairly outnumbered. So it'll be good to have some more bodies on deck. But of course, with the All Blacks side being named, it was only right that we hear from Ian Foster today as he kind of builds up the intensity and the prep towards this game. And there's been a bit of chat from out of the Italian camp that they're expecting the All Blacks to try and bully them. Here's what Ian Foster had to say about that. Yeah, look, we're under no illusions of what's coming. Um, they're going to come at us, they're going to be aggressive, they're going to be intimidating, they'll try and intimidate us, they'll try and uh, bully us. So we know what's coming and, you know, we have to embrace that challenge and, um, you know, I think uh, this group of uh, 33 players we have here have really matured over the last uh, 18 months. Um, I think they have a lot more confidence in their ability. Um, they back themselves, they have some courage, you know, they have no fear. Um, if that's going to be good enough, we'll have to wait and see because, you know, it's going to be one hell of a battle, but we're really looking forward to it. Well, that's, that's rugby. Everyone's trying to do that. You know, they'll be trying to do that to us. It's a physical game. The good thing is that we're playing a team that's confident, so there's no surprises, and they've earned that. You know, the last two years we've seen a lot of growth in their game, and and I, I think I made the point after the Six Nations, I thought they were the, one of the highlights of the Six Nations, the way they played and the competitiveness of all their games. And so we're expecting a a tough battle. Some interesting comments there from Kieran Crowley. Brad, what do you reckon, mate? Is that a bit of gamesmanship there? Is he trying to set the scene and trying to play that underdog card massively? Of course, he's a Kiwi. He's going out after this World Cup. He probably wants to try and get one win against the All Blacks before Mm. he departs. Look, there's no doubt he's trying to throw out a, a little line for, for Fozzie to grab onto. Uh, but as Fozzie said, Surly, like, that's just part of the game, like trying to bully the opponent. I, I feel like if you go back to that great performance at Go Media Stadium by the All Blacks, they bullied the Springboks in those first 20, 20, 25 minutes dominated the game. If you look at Twickenham, what did the box do? They bullied the bejesus out of the All Blacks um, for an entire 80 minutes. So uh, that that's what it's about. The, and the bullier generally in a World Cup is going to get is going to get the biscuits. For sure. And I'm, that's why I'm excited to see Shannon Frizzell back in the side because to me, he screams bully. He was that guy that got us over the line against South Africa at Go Media, I thought. He really set the tempo with some massive shots. Of course, he scored that try, which was 
almost iconic Jonah Lomu-like scenes down the left wing there. Is that what you're thinking the inclusion of Shannon straight in starting at six is going to bring to the side as well? Yeah, and I also like uh, Tyrell Lomax coming off the bench uh, returning and also Sam Whitelock. Like, we're not losing anything, are we, Surly? Having Scotty B and uh, and Brody start and then having uh, the most experienced All Black in history coming off the bench. Congratulations, too, to Sam Whitelock for that. Uh, it, it's a really cool punch that the All Blacks have in their tight five. And this tournament, for me, Ben, is all about like momentum and X-Factor. We need to have X-Factor players on the bench. We need to have uh, game changers on the bench. And I like where this team is heading now with, with the bench setup that Fozzie's come up with. Exciting times for sure. And like you mentioned, Sam Kane, he is on the bench this week. So Adi Savia, once again, he wears the skipper's armband. And here's what he had to say on the threats that the Italians possess. I think we, we just have to look after the ball and um, we've seen over the, the last couple of games that the ball can get quite slippery in contact so um, you know we've got to look after our breakdown and I, I don't think it's just their loose trio that's good over the ball, it's their whole, it's their whole team, um, they're good over the ball so um, that's a threat that you know, we kind of have identified and we need to nullify that. Yeah, good to hear Adi there speaking about that ruck speed. Of course, we spoke with Bryn Hall about it before, and he's a bit of a specialist in how you can slow that down again. Probably comes back to that physicality and that bullying type of aspect we were just talking about. On the other hand, Italy's Dino Lamb, he's kind of further doubled down on the All Blacks' arrogance. So let's hear what he has to say. Um, I've just noticed a few times the kind of uh, language about the All Blacks maybe being arrogant. Um, thinking quite highly of themselves, uh, that they might come out and bully you guys. Do you think that they are arrogant? No, I'm well, very aware that they're a very physical side. I mean, obviously you say arrogance, but rugby has an element of a lot of physicality and it's, you know, mentally you've got to be in there to be in that sort of zone. So there's no running away from the, the fact that it is, that, it is the All Blacks, it is that black, jer- black jersey and what it represents. But at the end of the day, it's... You know, it's 15, you know, 23 players out there, again, you know, wearing that jersey. So that's the challenge, and we've prepared appropriately for that, and we're in the best possible positions now. Take them on. I do rate that from Dino. Obviously, at the highest level, if you're not bullying, you are getting bullied, and there's so much around the physicality now. If you're not winning the breakdown or the physical collision, then you're on the back foot from the get-go. And interesting, listening to him talk as well, you can almost hear a confidence in his voice. He was saying, you know, it's 23 versus 23, and perhaps they don't fear the All Blacks jersey as much as they have in the past, Brad. Yeah, uh, but never beaten the ABs, Surly. Uh, and Italy's record, uh, as Daniel McCarty pointed out on this show a couple of days ago, uh, against uh, Six Nation teams, last 50 tests, they've won one. So, look, I know they're playing a lot better rugby. They're certainly playing attacking rugby. They still have that great stuff up front. But you've got to think that the All Blacks skill set will be enough uh, to get them over the, over the line and have a comfortable sort of two-try type uh, points differential. Yeah, for sure. I'm expecting Italy to be quite up for this game in the first 20-odd minutes, but then I think the class and the depth of the All Blacks game will just wear them down, and hopefully from that 20-minute mark onwards, we should be by far the better side. But let's hear from All Blacks coach Ian Foster on the prospect of facing Italy this weekend. So if you look at through their recent form, they're playing well, and that's uh, that's the Italy that we expect to turn up, and and we've got to make sure that we're really clear on that. You know, looking back 
to history, the last 20 or 30 years doesn't really mean a lot come Friday. And um, and I think it's a positive sign for Italy. You know, they've taken a strategy of of growing a, a young group coming through. They've clearly decided to to change the way they play and to say, well, let's risk a little bit and see what happens. And, it, and it's worked well for them. Ian Foster there giving Italy their flowers, which is always nice. We like to keep it humble over here in New Zealand, so good on Fozzie. And then also he spoke on the makeup of the All Blacks bench and we've touched on this a little already, but for me, this is where the good sides are really making things count towards that last 20 to 30 minutes. So let's hear what the coach had to say about his stacked bench lineup for this weekend. been really impressed with Colsey. He's, um, uh, you know, he's, he's leading really well on the training park. Um, I think when he's been playing, he's been playing well and um, we just believe that composure later in the game is going to be good for us and, you know, lots made of <laughs> Colsey and his fiery attitudes and all that but he brings a lot of composure to this group because he's passionate, he, he talks well and and he's been doing that. So, look, we're, we've I've said it all along, we've got three hookers that we're happy to start all three of them and happy for all three to go on the bench. We just feel for this game and... You know, we're expecting a lot of emotion out there and to have the likes of Dane and and the two Sams on the bench to come off um, and, and to, to bring a slightly level-headed approach in that last part is going to be important for us. As with Cam, I think he's he's played his way into that spot. Certainly agree with the Cam Roygaard comment there. And I did find the inclusion of Dane Coles on the bench interesting and it's almost been kind of glossed over due to some inclusions of some other really big names and guys returning from injury. But for me, I thought Samasoni Takiaho last year was probably the best hooker in New Zealand. So it's pretty interesting to see Dane Coles off the bench. Brad, what do you make of his inclusion? Obviously, he brings something quite different to what Samasoni can bring. Yeah, uh, a bit of niggle. Surly and, and uh, experience as well. And you look at that bench, Ben. Sam Whitelock, Sam Kane, uh, and Dane Coles. Uh, close to 300 uh, test matches uh, between them. Well, I think it's actually over 300 test matches. That is a lot of experience in a game the All Blacks have to win. And we, I think we're going to see a similar situation come the knockout phases in terms of experience coming off that bench. For sure, and you just mentioned experience off the bench, a great segue into Sammy Whitelock, who of course becomes the record-breaking all-black most cap. So let's hear what Ian Foster had to say about the great man, the big lock from the Canterbury region. Yeah, I don't think it takes the romance out of it. I just think that, um, and this is a credit to Sam, he's making every game, he's achieving something new at the moment. You know, like he, he equaled a record last week, he's... He's going, to, he's going to beat it this week. Um, then he's got 150 coming up, and then he's got the most capped All Black in World Cup. You know, like there's, it's just the, every every day is a, a bit of a statement of something that he's achieving, and so you know we don't we we, we want to honour that that achievement because he, he's earned that. Um, but I felt like as a team, you know, we talked a lot about it last week uh, before the Namibia game. Um, we respect that. We respect what's. But we'll do all our, our celebration of that achievement after this game. Um, right now, I, I think the team, what the team needs to achieve is bigger than the individual. And But, but wow, it's very much on our mind and it's a very special occasion. Certainly is a special occasion and no doubt Sam will be up for this one and I'm excited to see the impact he has coming into this game. Of course, All Blacks versus Italy. She's live on SEN from 7am Saturday kickoff. 
at 8am. Daniel McCarty and Christian Cullen will be with the call, as they always are, running their eye through the game, so make sure you tune in. We'll be back after an air break to look ahead at the Rugby World Cup schedule. That's right, you're listening to Rugby World Cup today. I'm Surly, of course, Daniel McCarty shifted through to SENZ Mornings with the great man Ian Smith jetting off to the cricket. It's been a pleasure to talk to you about the past hour of everything latest and breaking in the Rugby World Cup. It's time to look ahead now to the Rugby World Cup schedule brought to you by Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And as I've mentioned a few times in today's show, we have a big game taking place tomorrow morning with Samoa taking on Japan, live from Toulouse, 8 a.m. kickoff, New Zealand time. And historically, Samoa have had the wood on Japan. They've won 13 of the last 17 meetings between these two teams. And they have the recent form too. They actually bet Japan two months ago in Japan, 22 points to 24. So I'm expecting this to be an incredibly tight game. As you mentioned before, Samoa, they've lost a few big names for this game, which is disappointing. No Lima Sopoanga, no Charlie Farmoena, and Stephen Luatua, he's been moved to the bench to try and limit some of his workload. Japan, they've made a few changes for this game as well, which is set to have massive playoff ramifications. Unfortunately for these teams, three into one doesn't work. So Samoa, Japan, and Argentina, they all sit within a point of each other on the ladder. Argentina have a game up their sleeve. But this contest tomorrow will eliminate one of these two sides from the running to make it out of pool D. So there's certainly a lot to play for. If you are looking to have a flutter, a quick look at the TAB odds. Samoa, they head in as slight favourites, $1.62. Japan paying $2.35. My preferred option for this one, though, and she's the best back, Samoa, 1-12. to I think it's going to be really close, but it should be a high-scoring game. So I'm looking forward to it. should be an entertaining watch for us mutual fans. I'm looking forward to sinking the teeth into it and hopefully my boy Jonathan Tamatime has a good game as well after we highlighted him before as our breakout player for this game. So that's us for another episode of the Rugby World Cup Today show. Enjoy the game tomorrow morning. I'll catch you back here same time, same place tomorrow night to talk All Blacks, of course, All Blacks Eve. The anticipation, the excitement is building Set to be a massive game and like we heard from Bryn Hall before we're expecting a statement performance from the All Blacks a strong 23 named so can't wait to watch them go about their work so I'll catch you then and cheers for tuning in go well